0: Welcome to the Farcom Podcast. Lots of changes around. Uh, Just a ridiculous amount of things have happened since I last recorded. Uh, We're going to try and get to all of them. Had uh, basketball season start up, volleyball's finishing up, uh, soccer scored their first goal, new athletic director incoming, uh, McNeese back in the fold. I mean, it's just a lot of of information to cover. Uh, We're going to try and get to it. As always, a thank you for listening. I do want to apologize for being late on this uh, episode coming out on a Wednesday, uh, just to be fair and being open about it. Uh, I do have a medical condition, a audible neuroma, which is a non-cancerous tumor, but it is still a serious thing. And uh, due to that, I had to get some tests run, and due to the test, I wasn't able to record as quickly or when I'd like to, but uh, health is obviously important, and then uh, with my real job... Uh, working night shift is kind of limiting and, you know, I do have to make time for family and do things uh, needed of me. So we are back here today. I hope you enjoy. This is the 30th episode uh, of the Farcom Podcast. I want to thank uh, everyone for supporting me. It's been a real joy to do so. And uh, we'll start off, you know, this episode talking about the major changes to Northwestern with uh, Greg Burke uh, announcing that he was stepping down as athletic director. Uh, big news coming out of Northwestern was uh, Mr. Greg Burke announced he would step aside after 25 years as athletic director. Uh, he will be staying in to do a fundraising role for an issue foundation. Uh, President Marcus Jones said, and I'm reading this from uh, uh Greg has been a highly respected colleague in college athletics in Louisiana, Southland Conference, and a nation throughout his tenure at Northwestern. Uh, those are. Sentiments I can definitely uh, 100% endorse. Uh, when I started Northwestern as an athlete, uh, Greg Burke was the athletic director, and I can say without doubt that I was a walk-on freshman, and he made me feel as welcome as if I was a prize five-star recruit. Uh was always very, very uh, hospitable, very welcoming to Northwestern, and A person who, from my personal experience, is just a great person and a great individual, not to mention a great athletic director. And even to this day, when I go to events at Northwestern, I've been gone for 20 years. He still welcomes me and my family uh, with open arms, still remembers my mom and dad, knows my wife. And uh, it's just really a good, warm, welcoming family atmosphere. So I do thank him uh, so much for the opportunities he directly gave me and things he did to help me out, and I'll always be indebted to him on that one. With that said, I think his tenure at Northwestern will go down very successfully. Uh, you know, he presided over the most successful period, I think, in Northwestern athletics between 1997 and 2005, where it seems like every sport was just hitting a high note. Uh, not to say there weren't mistakes made, and I think Mr. Burke himself would even admit that he's made some mistakes, some bad hires. I don't think anybody in the college athletic business goes through unscathed. Uh, Everyone makes slip-ups, but I think overall, uh, his tenure will be looked upon very fondly uh, as time passes. Transitioning this into uh, what is kind of old news now, but McNeese returning back to the South and decided not to go to the WAC as a concession McNeese basically gets every single sports championship for the next three years with uh, softball, uh, baseball, basketball championships going to Lake Charles, and there's some people upset about that whole occurrence, and some people think that that was too much given to a team that was trying to leave in a school that was trying to leave the Southland. I understand that sentiment, and I get if you're a coach, why you would be upset about this, and I do... Understand the complaints about it. One is, hey, look, they were leaving; uh, the whack fell apart in the middle of it. They would have had to come back. Why do we do that? I understand that, but at this point, McNeese did have the cards. Uh, I believe our athletic directors and our president knew that UIW was already out the door; they were gone. <clears throat> We can withstand that loss, but if you lose McNeese and UIW, I think it's over at that point, and McNeese held the cards, plus they've had a lot of devastation from various hurricanes uh, with Laura and Delta, and then, of course, flooding, and uh, they've just hit with a torrent of disasters, and I think the other athletic directors did look into this and saying, you know, we can help this community, uh, the longest standing member of the Southland, help them rebuild, and... If that's the concession we have to make, I think it's worth it because, one, you do add stability to the conference. Uh, Lake Charles isn't a bad place. It's centrally located. Uh, you compare that to where Katy is, uh, and just speaking from personal experience, I live in the Baton Rouge area. Uh, you wouldn't know a lot of times until the night before or two days before that Northwestern would be in the championship game in Katy. And uh, quite frankly, that was too far of a trip for myself to go. And I know people, uh, my wife's family is from... Thibodeau and they all attended Nichols and when Nichols made the championship last year they wanted to go but because of the length of the drive they couldn't. Now had that tournament been in Lake Charles they I think most definitely would have gone and you know cheered on the Colonels for that. Uh, likewise if Northwestern's playing in a semifinals or finals in Lake Charles I can definitely swing that road trip and it's a, a drivable distance I think from everybody. So I think it's a very good a centralized location, it has stability, I understand the complaints. Um, it does give them a little bit of an advantage, but to be fair, the Legacy Center, which they've just put $41 million into, uh, you know, it's going to look really, really good on TV. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, it's from 2023 to 2026, so one caveat in all that is that if they leave, there is no buyout clause Um, To be honest, I understand why that happened. I'm not totally agreeing to that, but I understand why you do it. Because again, the big thing right now is to get stability. Um, If the conference falls apart, Northwestern, Nichols, Southeastern, UNO, I'm not sure we're in the best position right now to form a new conference or we would have to merge with the remaining members of the Ohio Valley, and you're looking at increase travel budgets, a lot longer trips, so I think keeping the conference intact as it is, at least for the next three or four years, to allow us to expand, bring up some Division II schools, get schools in the Southland footprint to join, I think would be a benefit to everybody. It's not a perfect plan, but I think it is a good plan. I have no issues with McNeese for this. Um, they took advantage of the situation. I think that's a great idea. Tying this into Greg Burke, we have obviously a new president in Marcus Jones uh, that's going to be overseeing Northwestern. Of course, he was the interim president after Chris Maggio. I think he does give a lot of experience in Northwestern. He's a Northwestern graduate. He's got experience in leadership roles. I think it was an absolutely great hire. And I think he does, aside from that experience, I think he does have enough youth where he's going to bring some new ideas. And you look at the conference, we're in an area where we're going to need some new ideas coming through. And with Greg Burke stepping down, there's a chance to bring in some young blood, bring in a good hire that's going to be ready to meet the challenges of the changing landscape of college football, which isn't just the conferences, but you have the, you know, image likeness going on, obviously the playoffs expanding uh, at the FBS level. And that's going to create a lot of changes. And I think we're going to need some definitely new ideas, some fresh ideas. And I think that can help. And that's not to say that Greg Burke couldn't handle this. I think he most definitely could have, but, Looking at the positives, I think sometimes young blood and fresh blood isn't a bad idea and isn't a bad thing. And with Greg Burke still working at Northwestern, I think he'll have that experience to assist when needed. And I think this could be a really uh, a great start to a really bright future for Northwestern. I think it's there. Um, there are challenges. And one uh, big challenge I'll say is we've got to get football attendance back up. Uh, the last home game against Houston Baptist – uh, if there was a 1,000 people in Turpin, I'll be surprised. Um, they showed a wide shot. Um, I took a screen cap of it. Uh, I'm not going to post it. I don't want to post negative images. But um, if there was 500 people in a stadium, I will be greatly surprised. And that was middle of the second quarter. Um, and that that's just not acceptable. We've got to improve on that. Uh, there was a time where a bad crowd would have seen at least 5,000 butts in the seats. Uh, we've got to improve on that and get to back where we're getting 10, 11,000 people in Turpin Stadium for big games, and that can be accomplished, I think, with just getting some wins and being competitive once again. Uh, another thing that, again, is something that will have to be addressed is Prather Coliseum. I do think we do a great job with Praether. I think we can get it looking as nice as possible, but uh, quite frankly, Praether is a pretty horrible coliseum. It's not a great venue. Uh, it was built, originally intended for rodeos. Everyone knows the story. Um, used to have a great old wooden indoor track in there that sadly has been, uh, I believe it was sold to Yule Monroe about 25, 30 years ago. But uh, we definitely need an upgrade, uh, whether it's a total renovation of Prather or a new arena being built, which was discussed about 10 years ago that kind of uh, has gone silent. Uh, that's something that needs to be addressed because when you look at the conference landscape, Uh, One of the selling points McNeese has right now is that new arena. Um, One advantage Southeastern has is their basketball arena is a pretty nice arena. We're definitely lagging in that respect. I think baseball, football, softball, soccer, we all compare. Track, we compare. Basketball, we're behind. And while people use it against us, I think sometimes unfairly, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Uh, At the same time, we definitely need some serious upgrades on the basketball front. With that said, I know that's going to take a lot of money, and money we don't have at this point in time. But it is something that we are going to have to look towards. There are positives, though, and stuff to build upon, and one I will talk about now is the soccer team. We ended up losing 5-1 to one against Arkansas. Washed it up. To be honest, we were just overmatched in it, uh, outclassed. But I thought we played well, played hard, scored our first goal. The soccer team have, I still think that was the greatest season in Northwestern history. Credit to the soccer team. I think that program is looking upward. Uh, We have that to look forward to. I think both basketball teams are looking forward to. I will talk about that in a second. Uh, Baseball and softball, both looking good. Track is building up. Uh, Cross country didn't have the best results at conference. But this is a real rebuilding process. So there is a lot of positives going on around Northwestern. And whoever comes in as athletic, athletic director will definitely not have an empty chamber to work with. Uh, they're going to have some pieces of the puzzle. All they have to do is get them in place and make sure they're there. Uh, before we go on, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor and then I'm going to talk about football and basketball. Have to give credit. First, the Lady Demon basketball team. They are playing absolutely phenomenal. Uh, 2-0 to start the year. Had a win over Centenary, 91-50, and a win over Texas A&M, Tex Arcana. A Much improved team. You can just tell just a lot more confidence, a lot better ball movement. Uh, I think guard play is much better. I thought last year, a lot of times our guards came down the court, and if there was just a little wrinkle by the defense, our guards kind of panicked with make bad passes, and I find they have a lot more compa- command of the ball, uh, doing a lot better job. <clears throat> and Grand Lead the two first teams we played weren't the best, but uh, definite notable, notable improvement. Uh, good crowds at both games. Uh, Lady Demons will travel to Grambling tonight at 6 o'clock. That'll be a tough team, Grambling. And, and be honest, SWAC as a whole, uh, they are a much-improved women's basketball team. They're a team that I think... Is going to give us a good snapshot about how good we can be. We will return to action on Friday at home against Louisiana College, uh, which should be a win, but you don't want to take anybody for granted. But I like what I've seen so far from Coach Nim, still kind of a small window, small snapshot, but I, I think what we have seen is definitely uh, very positive. Uh Candace Paramore, I just have to say, uh, she has been amazing. Uh shot seven to fourteen uh from field goals uh, in that game was champion christian seven of eight free throws uh, looked awesome also had three rebounds uh, jordan todd had 14 rebounds and those are two i remember talking about in the beginning of the season and you could see just those little building blocks coming together and i think coach nims has something special going on on the men's side of things uh, the guy i'm really just uh, impressed with is kendall coleman kendall coleman um he looks like a against boys out there. He really fleshed out in the off season. Uh, has played absolutely phenomenal. <clears throat> and uh, Kendall Coleman, uh, you know, against Champion Christian, which was a ninety-one sixty-two win by the Demons, the one win of the year. <clears throat> uh, in nineteen minutes, it was nine to sixteen from field goal range, one or two free throws, eleven rebounds. Uh, One block, three steals with 19 points, which is really amazing. Uh, Jovan Zalambaba, it looked like he started off a little slow. Looks like he's starting to kind of get more into the swing of things. Jalen King has looked really good. Uh, Latarence Reed, Larry Owens, so, uh, and a lot more. But I find that we're doing a lot better job inside-out game. Uh, Last year, I found on the inside sometimes we kind of got lost, especially in traffic. This year, I find we're a lot more confident bringing the ball in. Again, we have a tough schedule, and uh, one thing I can say uh, without doubt is uh, Coach McConathy does not believe in scheduling (laughs) an easy schedule because we've had at Oklahoma, at Tulsa, Chamber Christian, and at SMU. So three of four really tough, and then we have Louisiana Tech coming up on Friday. That's going to be another tough team coming into Prather. Hopefully we can pack Prather for that one. That's going to be a big one. Uh, Then we'll be traveling to UL Monroe on Monday. Uh, Actually, we'll be playing UL Monroe in Ruston, I should add. Uh, That'll be part of what is called the Lanky Wells Memorial Classic. And then a huge game coming up on November 28th. That'll be at home against Stephen F. Austin. And I hope anyone who can definitely goes to that game because that's going to be a huge one with the Lumberjacks coming in. So a very, very uh, difficult game. Schedule, and of course, after Stephen F., we have Houston, but uh, should have his battle tested. And uh, the one thing uh, the SMU game was on only game that we really got totally blown out in. <clears throat> we, to quote Miracle, the, the movie Miracle, uh, we don't have talent to win on talent alone, uh, but we do have talent that when we play within the system and play smart, we can be a very formidable team. Unfortunately, we don't have enough talents so that when we play so bad against the qualities, club like smu uh, it's going to get ugly unfortunately but i think we can grow into one of those teams that that won't be an issue going forward but uh coach mcconathy coach nims both i think have the program set it in the right direction both from what i've seen early on uh, they should both be in contention for a conference title uh, as the year progresses so it's gonna be really fun to watch the uh, men's and women's basketball teams do want to wish uh, good luck to the volleyball team. They'll be playing Nichols Thursday at 12 o'clock. Uh, that will be the rubber match. They lost 3-1 to the Colonels early in the season, came back with a 3-1 win. Uh, from watching the volleyball team, I think uh, they're a hit-or-miss team. Uh, times when we look on, we look really good. Times we are off, we don't. Uh, I, I do apologize. I wish I could say uh, more about that. I just don't uh, really uh, know the technical terminology uh, with volleyball, I understand what I'm watching, but uh, to break it down to you, it's not one of my fortes. So uh, I do apologize, and there's no disrespect to the volleyball team. And um, I definitely should have covered them more. So uh, something I would definitely work on next year is getting more volleyball coverage uh, when next year's season rolls around. But a big game against uh, Nichols coming up, uh, and hopefully, you know, advance in the tournament and uh, make a little run and be awesome to see our volleyball team get a chance at the NCAA tournament like our soccer team did. Uh, on to football, uh, what can you say uh, Southeastern took us apart, Uh 56-28. Um, they were a better team, clearly a better team. Um, the, I think, humbling experience of this is I thought this was by far our best offensive game, maybe the best game we've played all year, and despite that, um, we were still down 35-7 at the half. Uh, the game was never close. Uh, They got up 21-0 quick. Um, Cole Kelly just did Cole Kelly things, and uh, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, Much respect to Cole Kelly. Uh, One thing I like about him is that uh, he does appear to be pretty humble um, from seeing him in interviews, and uh, you could tell he is definitely a leader on his team. So um, ultimate respect to Southeastern, to Cole Kelly. Uh, He finished 19-22, 363, four touchdowns and a pick. Uh, That right there is just video game numbers. Um, You can't get better than that. Uh, He he is just a phenomenal player. Uh, As far as Southeastern, I thought they were class acts the whole game. Um, Didn't see anything, uh, had any issues with. Uh, One thing that was impressive in this clip that's been shown is their downfield blocking is amazing. They have linemen going 20, 30 yards downfield making blocks, and that just um, shows you the amount of unity, the amount of heart, and just the amount of hustle that team has. Um, there were some positives from Northwestern. Uh, one, Caleb Fletcher. I thought he played tremendous. Uh, Twenty-two or thirty-six, two twenty-six, two touchdowns and two picks. Um, had he played like that all year, how we got that production, I think we would have won a few more games. I was impressed. There was one play in particular where he was scrambling and uh, got away from a sack, scrambled out to the um, to his right and threw across his body about thirty yards downfield. He um, hit a receiver in stride. I thought that was just a phenomenal play. And uh, Cale Fletcher, it may have been his best game as a demon. I was very impressed with him. And, uh, you know, if he's starting against McNeese, I like our chances. Uh, William, Cur- uh, Curtis Williams, 11 touches for 97. Kale uh, Fletcher also had 20 for 66. So uh, both of them, I thought, did really well. Uh, I mean, it was really good to see um, Curtis Williams step up the way he did. That That was a positive. Uh, Kendrick Price, three picks, uh, three receptions for 56 yards. Uh, Stanley King, two for 46. Uh, Jay Griffin had a uh, five for 18. Uh, he had the catches when needed. Unfortunately, uh, they had him pretty kind of pretty bottled up, same with Gavin Landry. They didn't really let him get uh, in there. Um, Keenan Leachman, I thought he did really well with six tackles. Uh, Jamar Valson did well. Unfortunately, uh, the grim reality for Northwestern right now in football is that We just played one of our best games of the year, I thought, and we still lost 56-28. There's no easy answers right now for football, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Positive is we do have one last game against McNeese that'll be on the road uh, in Lake Charles, where we haven't won since 1988, when I believe Scott Stoker was the quarterback. Um, That game will be a noon kickoff out in Cowboy Stadium, so hopefully if you can, please go out and support the Demons in that one. Uh, natives are kind of restless right now. With um, McNeese, uh, they did win their last game, forty-four to three, over Houston Baptist. If there is cause for concern, is aside from Northwestern, every single team in the Southland has just absolutely bombed Houston Baptist, and they they haven't been competitive except against us. So that's a cause for concern. Uh, they lost before that previously, twenty-four to fourteen, in Nichols lost to Southeastern, twenty-three to twenty. Um, defeated Incarnate we were 28-20, uh, of course, and beat us 35-17. Uh, in that game, uh, you know, we competed against them well for a quarter in that first one, second quarter got away from us. I didn't see anything to show that they were that much better than us, uh, like we saw from Southeastern. I do think it's a winnable game, but we're going to have to play uh, much better than we have. Uh, something Coach Laird has mentioned uh, kind of repeatedly is we can play a good quarter, we can play a good half we haven't put four good quarters of football together, and we're going to have to do that. Uh, Even though McNeese isn't the powerhouse that used to be, uh, you know, Cowboy Stadium is still a really tough place to play. It's still a really good venue. And, and, you know, they still have a good bit of fan support. So uh, I know Northwestern will travel well to that one. So hopefully, you know, demons can go out on a winning note and give a last little hurrah for the seniors. And, uh, you know, it's not been a good season, but, a win over McNeese in Lake Charles first time since 1988 would definitely be a nice way to end the season on a positive note. I do thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, news coming out with conference and with athletic director, uh, obviously I'm going to try and get this uh, the next episode out on Monday, cover what happens in basketball, um both men's and women's talk about volleyball hopefully do well in a conference tournament um any more conference expansion news i'll give more thoughts on that if need be um but a lot of things going on right now and i think uh for northwestern a lot of positives uh, i think the biggest challenge for our athletic director the new incoming one as i've said is we've got to get football turned around um every other program seems to be starting to trend upward direction. You know, soccer had a great one, uh, but football has to change. And, you know, unfortunate reality is that being in South Louisiana and um, being in Louisiana or in the South, I should say, football does drive everything. And if football is not doing well, it tends to cast a shadow over everyone. And uh, it's really unfortunate because I think the facilities are there. I think the fan support's there. We've just got to get it together and, um, there's no real easy answers and, you know, uh, my heart goes out to coach Laird on this one. I know he wants to turn this around as much as anyone. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a good result against McNeese. Um, thank you for listening to this week. I uh, hope you have a great one. Hope we can go out, uh, defeat the Cowboys. Hope we can have a good win over grambling tonight. Um, stay safe as always. I'll see you next week. Farcom demons.